Welcome to North Liberty Library's Love, Light, and Lit, the podcast, a series of universal talks gently guided by open hearts and open minds. Listen to ignite the light in you and to appreciate the light in others. Hello, I'm Kelly with North Liberty Library, and I thank you for joining us today on Love, Light, and Lit, the podcast. You can also catch Love, Light, and Lit on Facebook Live every Monday at 12 noon Central Time. Be sure to follow North Liberty Library on Facebook to get notifications. Not to sound completely selfish, but today's episode might be one of my favorites. I'm already calling it. The guest I have on today is not only a former colleague of mine, but we'll be talking about the activity I love even more than reading, yoga. Nita Beliapa is a functional nutrition coach and yoga teacher. She has been a student of yoga for over 10 years, but teaching was not in her horizon at all. Nita got started teaching by accident and loves it. She says, yoga is more than asanas. It's how you take what you learn on the mat and help you navigate your life. Nita joins us on the podcast to talk about the mind-body connection yoga fosters and how a daily practice can inevitably change your life. Welcome, Nita. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you, Kelly. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be on your show. Absolutely. It is so good to have you on. Now, I mentioned at the top that your yoga journey began about a decade ago. Tell our listeners more about your yoga journey and how it's gotten you into coaching. Okay, so I should start from the very beginning and maybe I'll date myself. Yeah, I'm an Indian. I grew up in India. So you have heard the word yoga many multiple times while growing up. Okay, and the image that you get into your mind is about men with orange robes and men with you know long hair sitting quiet for many hours on end. And also thinking of all these women doing all these uh, difficult poses and levitating and, you know, having these perfect midriffs and et cetera. So my first encounter with yoga was in school and it wasn't pretty. It was scary, I must say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, every school in India had a P period that you have, a P class that you have here in the United States. We used to have a yoga period and it used to be about half an hour. And the teacher then used to just make us sit cross leg, close our eyes for half an hour, not doing anything. And it was so torturous. Just imagine. I can only imagine in middle school. I have a middle schooler, so I know she wouldn't be able to do that. Even us as adults, if you ask us to sit half an hour, you know, with no instruction, with nothing at all, with no entry into yoga or whatever, meditation, just sitting quietly for half an hour without fidgeting, it's just impossible. So that was my first intro into yoga. And I must say, I was very dismissive. I didn't like it. And I said, if this is yoga, this is not for me. (laughs) Then go to high school. We had another yoga teacher who would do these crazy poses going inverting and you know doing all these pretzel shaped poses and I must tell you I'm really very bad at coordination I just cannot coordinate I'm not really flexible and you know I cannot jump and I'm, this is yoga this is not for me at all so that's what it happened but then you know I got married came to the United States and started working out started going to the gym and that's how I went into my first yoga class as part of fitness regime in a gym 
It was a gym near Press Citizen that we used to go to. Oh, right? I think it was North Dodge. Wow, yes, yeah, yes, yes. Yeah. So yeah, so that was a gym we used to go to. And I started taking classes there. I said, why don't try it? And, you know, that's how I started doing asanas as part of my physical fitness journey. And that's what I did. I would join gyms and do it. But I was not taking it seriously. It was not part of any spiritual process for me. It was not of anything else at all. It was just trying to get fit and look good. And that's how I continued doing. And then slowly as I was doing it, I started enjoying my body. I must tell you, I'm not flexible. I don't have a six pack. I mean, all of us have insecurities about our bodies, right? I mean, yeah. But then I started enjoying my body, started noticing the changes and I began to dwell deeper into it. And then we moved back to India about 10 years ago and I started practicing yoga, went to this Iyengar school of yoga in Pune and loved it. Then I started focusing more on the spiritual aspect, mind and body connection. And that just clicked within me and I started loving it. And that's how I started practicing. And if I don't yes. practice every day, I just feel lost and I feel very antsy, agitated. What I find most interesting about your journey in particular is as someone who is Indian, it was westernized yoga that really clicked it for you because your yoga journey kind of had these ebbs and flows where you yes. were doing more of the traditional Eastern yoga, but it was the Westernized version of yoga that really connected with you. What do you think were the differences? Do you think it's because of the format in which it was presented when you were younger, or do you think it was the Westernization of the practice that was more attractive to you? So I would say the way it was presented when we were younger, right? It was so rigid and so strict in the format that it was presented to me that I just didn't like it. I found it very dismissive. When they teach it in schools now, I hope they make it accessible and connect with kids because I do teach a lot of kids now, you know, and I try to make it fun for them and try to help them connect. And it's so much fun for them. End of the class, they're like all happy and cheerful. And I hope that they find that connection because yoga is for everybody, irrespective of your yes. gender, caste, creed, whichever part of the world you are, it's for everybody. Yep. And I love that you mentioned accessibility because as a librarian, accessibility is one of the hallmarks of what we do. It's what we keep in mind from, you know, the appearance of the building to what we have on our shelves. And that's why I'm seeing such a correlation between my life as a librarian and my life as a yogi is making sure that it is as accessible as possible to people. And I'm happy to hear that as an instructor, that you strive for that same access. Now, the training that you had at the Iyengar school, what was that like? I'm not a trained Iyengar teacher. I'm a okay. trained yoga teacher, but a Hatha yoga teacher. But I love the Iyengar form because it focuses more on posture and focuses more on using props. So when you focus on holding a posture for a longer period, you get that connection. Okay. Instead of, for example, if you just stand like just a mountain pose, a Thardasan, if you spend 10, 20, 30 seconds, you settle down and you're able to observe your body in different ways that you wouldn't if you're just going with the flow. You get yeah. what I'm saying? If I, you're just going with from asana A to asana B, posture A to posture B. But if you hold a posture for a longer period of time, you're able to embrace that and you focus more on your heart than on your head. So you go into the posture more with your heart. Yes. And I mentioned in the introduction that initially you weren't even interested in teaching. So what shifted for you? And you've explained a bit about your yoga training experience, but what really shifted for you from becoming a practitioner to then adding teacher to that? 
to be honest i'm sure all of us have gone through this imposter syndrome right i mean i'm not good oh, enough yeah. <laughs> i can't do this well i've been through that too so when you go to any yoga class either online or in person you would see these instructors are so perfect i mean you know they have these picture perfect bodies they're able to mm. do these beautiful asanas that you strive to do and they do it with so much grace and like i mentioned earlier i'm not coordinated i'm not graceful at all so i was very happy receiving instructions and doing it on the mat and you know happy with doing it to myself i must mention that i'm also a recreational runner the past sunday i did a half marathon just trying to get back in so i've been running and then yoga is a very integral part in running to make you a better runner make you a better person make you injury free etc so i would start doing that and would help my friends stretch after the run Mm-hmm. because in my yoga classes i was much more aware of how to stretch the body because of the instructions that i was following and then people were like really happy with the way i was doing it and said hey you must teach us to do this better and i'm like i'm not trained enough to become a teacher you know right. i'm doing it whatever limited knowledge that i have that i'm able to help you do it and everybody kept saying that no maybe you should look at it so then i started thinking about it but then again like the imposter syndrome i wasn't sure whether i'm good enough but i said okay let me just get a training and see what happens because i was very keen on dwelling into the anatomy of and getting into the different kriyas and the cleansing processes that happen when you go into a detailed yoga tra- teacher's training because when you spend 1 hour in a gym or 1 hour with an instructor you don't get into a lot more detail and in depth knowledge is not able to pass from one person to another because of the time constraint that we have to get more knowledge and to understand more i just wanted to soak in the environment of an ashram and of that instruction that comes with going for a 200 or 300 teachers training program yeah and as i've expressed on my personal blog and for anyone who even has like 5 seconds with me they know that doing yoga teacher training is something that's on my vision board it's something i'd like to do and that's why i'm just so interested in hearing about what that experience was like for you now in addition to being a yoga teacher you are also a nutritional coach so tell me about the connection between that how does a regular yoga practice impact our food choices what i want to say is yoga and the difference between yoga and exercise is because yoga is a place where your mind and body are at the same place at the same time so for example you and i could do 20 lunges right now while chatting yeah but holding a lunge or doing a warrior one is so different by you get what i'm saying right yeah. so same thing so when you focusing so much on your body and doing your exercises and if you don't input given good food to your body you would not be able to get your body to function 100% Mm-hmm. when you make the mind and body connection you start listening to your body body's all constantly sending you signs and talking to you you're able to make good food choices okay and then you're able to eat better and then you're able to see your body functions better internally your body is functioning better your mind is at peace bloatings are gone different body aches are gone you're also losing weight your skin is clearing up because you're making those good choices because your mind and body are talking to each other and making these good choices which help you become a better person better human being better skin better health everything yes. else i know it's hard i'm not saying i'm perfect mm-hmm. just because i'm a functional nutritionist and a yoga teacher now i'm not perfect i do make mistakes i'm human too Mm-hmm. so if you follow the methodology of you know sustainable and being mindful of what your choices are and being 80 20 right i mean yep. having the balance of eating 80% well and 20% you know if you don't 
follow a certain lifestyle, it's fine. Your body is smart enough to be able to make that balance. But if you keep eating, surviving on potato chips for two days, you yourself will know your body is going to give you those signals. Yeah. I'm not saying they're not bad, but once in a while, when you go out, hang out with friends, you can have chips, you can have fries. That's great. But, you know, sustaining on that for every meal is not smart. Yeah. I think that usually for me, I can say that I try to adhere to 80-20. Even before my yoga practice got more regular, I would say within the past three to four years, my yoga practice practice has become more regular. And since then, while I still enjoy my French fries, because I love me some French fries, I also realize that I'm making better choices after practice in particular. Like sometimes I do some midday yoga because in our library, for those who don't know in the audience, our library is connected to a larger recreation center. And so I have a locker with my spare yoga mat and some spare clothes. So when I have time in my schedule, I like to do a midday asana, just put in my earbuds, put on my yoga playlist and just, you know, do some sun sows and do some stretching and do some yoga for about 15 minutes. And I find that when I'm done with that and I'm ready to eat lunch, I'm more likely to make a healthier choice at lunch than if I had skipped my afternoon asana. And then I probably would have went to McDonald's or something. But yeah, I've noticed that that mind-body connection shows up and it's very subtle. And a lot of what yoga is about is working within that subtle body as well. Yes. And it's just not food choices. You know, you see yourself being much calmer. You don't get into an yeah. argument unnecessarily. Or even if somebody is trying to get you to lose your cool, you know how to handle these kinds of things and you don't yes. get into road rage. Your mind is in a calmer place. I mean, you know, life is full of vicissitudes. You're thrown these kinds of problems or these kinds of challenges all the time. But you'll be able to handle these challenges in a much, much better way. Like you said, your food choices could be anything. I mean, you know, had family, you're a mother of a teenager. <laughs> you know how it yes. is, right? <laughs> I will say that when I do yoga, especially when we're talking about, you know, dealing with conflict with family, friends, or anyone, that I have a much better eye. I can sit in the seat of who I am instead of being in that external space Yoga brings you back to that internal space, to your Mm -hmm. inner self, and you're better able to see the conflict from a different perspective. It's like you're witnessing the conflict in a movie instead of being in the movie. Being in the movie. Yes, yes, yes. Very true. I'm a mother of a teenager too. So yes, it's really interesting how much yoga, and I know it's hyperbole because just like you said at the beginning, people have a certain vision. Yes. Of what they think yoga is. And something that I stress because I write a personal blog about yoga and something that I always stress, especially to people who are thinking or who are curious about starting a yoga practice is that it's five minutes, 10 minutes of your time in the very beginning. What are your thoughts about starting a yoga practice? What do you have to say to folks who are like, I want to try yoga, but I don't have time. No, I don't have a half hour to do yoga. I certainly don't have an hour. What do we say to those who are saying they just don't have the time? I would say yoga is for everyone. Okay. Five minutes, 10 minutes, one hour, two hours. You can find something that suits you. Nowadays, we have these options to different mediums, right? Online, offline. You could do it whichever suits you. And I'm not saying this is better than that. Nothing at all. It's like finding, I would say, a doctor or a therapist or some kind of connection that you would like to make with yourself. So you have five minutes, go ahead and find something that flows with your body. If you have half an hour, find something that, you know, you can work with. There is yoga for everyone. And if you have time and if you have the 
place to, I would actually suggest attending a class if you have that option. You know, sometimes I've heard people and I've also seen people trying it online and not being able to do it and hurt themselves, which is really bad when it can cause a lot more harm. If you have the time and the resources, please try a class, go to a class, get an instructor. And then once you know how your body reacts, then you can go online and choose from so many options that you have online classes that are available. Yeah. And I was going to say that was going to lead into my next question, because there are so many different styles of yoga. Yes. And I know that you mentioned that Hatha is a style that you are practiced in. Is there a particular style of yoga that beginners should start with? Again, depend which age you are in, because when I was in my 20s, when I started doing yoga, I loved the Ashtanga yoga, which was like, you know, the really power yoga. And even I tried the hot yoga. I just loved it. Being in a room, you know, at that high temperature and sweating it out, releasing all the toxins. I love hot yoga. Yes. I loved it too. But now as I'm, you know, growing older, Uh I prefer the relaxing or the yin and yang, as you would call it, where you're holding your posture, where the focus more on strength and flexibility rather Absolutely. than our movement. So that is what I focus on now. And that's what I teach when you hold a certain pose for a longer period of time and you appreciate it and using props, you know, using a block or a belt or a bolster, blankets, I'm all for it. Use the wall, make the wall your friend and use it and expand yourself and allow yourself to flow and go yes. into a certain pose. Like I said, again, depends on what you want out of it, but give it some time and be kind because listen, Kelly, we don't speak sentences unless we know our alphabets and then go on to words. And that's how we construct sentences, right? Sure. So you need to give it time. You can't expect miracles to happen overnight. You need to give it time, spend time on your mat. You will fall in love with yourself and your body. And, you know, it's magical. The whole It is. It absolutely is. And I love what you are stressing about props. I think that's another ambivalence that people who are curious about starting a yoga practice have is that they feel like, well, if I have to use a block or a strap or a bolster, then am I doing it correctly? Is it like training wheels? And no, no, no. I think that that's a huge misconception. Props are your friends. I mean, I've been doing yoga since I was eight years old and I've been doing a steady practice over the past four years and I still use my blocks. I have several sets of blocks. I have a bolster that I'm absolutely in love with that I use for my restorative yin practice. And I take my strap with me to hot yoga when I do the hot 26, the Bikram 26, yeah. you know, because that talks again about the mind body, because yes. the more you allow yes. that assistance in your yoga practice, the more likely you are to be open to help in your personal life. Yeah. There's no harm in asking for assistance and taking assistance. Right? Yes. There's no harm because you're on body- and off the mat. Yes. On and off the mat. True. Very true. Your body will respond to kind of stimulus that you give it. Right. And so mm-hmm. it's. There's no harm at all. Even I was of the misconception. I remember the first couple of times that I went to a yoga class in the gym, I just refused to use the blocks. I refused to use props. I'm like, you know, why would I need a prop? I can do it. Yeah. Now, I mean, if you can see behind me, I I have my bolster. Yes. And I carry my belt with me wherever I'm traveling because it's so easy to put it into your luggage, right? When you're traveling, you may not be able to carry your props, but the belt, you can do multiple things with your belt. And of course, make wall your friend. I mean, I do a lot of inversion, but I still can do it only on the wall. You know, Shishasana in the center of the room, but I use the wall and I do it. I can do all kinds of variations. Why? And there's not no harm in it. There's no shame in it. Just ask for help. Like you said, on and off the mat. And enjoy life and enjoy your body. And it's so special and it's individual, right? What connection and the kind of journey that you have and my journey is completely different, but we both love the mat. (laughs) 
Yes. You know, that's why I was so excited to have this conversation with you today, because yoga has had such a positive impact on my life. And again, on and off the mat, I think even how yoga has impacted me off the mat is more significant than the asanas, because it's made me calmer. It's made me sit in the seat of myself and be more connected to my inner self than participating externally first. So, so often as humans, we participate in conflict, even in happiness, even in joy, we participate so externally in our lives. We got a new car, we got a raise, and that's great. But we really need to connect with our inner selves first. And I think yoga has really strengthened my relationship with my inner self. And that's why I was so happy to have you on today to talk specifically about that mind-body connection that yoga fosters. So exciting to hear your positive journey and your you know the achievements and the results and the changes that you have noticed personally. I mean, I have noticed them too, and it's just amazing. And the yoga and the asana that we're talking, yoga is actually eight limbs. And the asana is just mm-hmm. one of the limbs of yoga. So yoga is just not the physicality of it, the spirituality, the mind, body, and the soul connection. It's a journey. It's a lifestyle. So as you step onto it, you discover newer things and you, you know, discover yourself. Yes, it is a a journey of self-discovery. And I'm happy you mentioned The Eight Limbs of Yoga by Pantajali. That is a wonderful book. There's so much to read about. Now I'm putting my librarian hat on. There are so many great books about yoga. There are so many great studies. And I want to ask that question for a beginner or even for someone who is already starting a yoga practice. What are some of your favorite books and texts about yoga practice? If you're just beginning and if you just do not like to get very technical, I would suggest grab a magazine from the library like the Yoga Journal or the Yoga Magazine and just flip through it. And there will be some article that would connect with you and you could, you know, read and cherish and love it. And if you want to get into a little more about yoga, my favorite book is The Light on Yoga by BKS Iyengar. I just love that. It's my Bible. I carry it with me everywhere. And there's another book by Gita Iyengar, his daughter, about women and gems of women, you know, different asanas for women. And as you progress in your life from puberty to motherhood to pregnancy and to menopause, you know, it's a journey of life and how yoga helps and how you can use it to different phases of one's woman's life. So that is another book that I love. But you go to the library and there are, you know, tons of books and anything that talks to you, you could just pick it up, flip through it and read it. But I would just suggest go and grab a magazine, look through some of the articles that relate to you because, you know, it can get technical. It depends on what your knowledge you want. You can get technical. You can just read it just to understand it on a very physical level. And, you know, there are books that help you connect on a very spiritual level. So it depends on which journey. So like, But my favorite is Light on Yoga. And I keep going to the library too. I live here in Princeton, New Jersey, and I love going to the library every two or three days and just go and pick books that talk to me. Right now, I'm looking at books on teaching yoga for kids because I told you that I do teach yoga for kids. So I just grabbed a couple of books about how to teach yoga for kids because it's at that age, it's very difficult for them to you know sit still and stand still and focus on breath and stuff like that. So every time I go, I look at something different. And I'm also reading right now a book by a lady called Elizabeth Greenwood and becoming a yoga instructor. So she has some very interesting points. I must mention this there. She says becoming a yoga instructor doesn't have a shelf life, right? I mean, it's not like a fashion model or a tennis player. You can Mm -hmm. become a yoga instructor any phase of your life. 
I yes. love that. And that is very helpful for me as well. I love that. This was such an awesome conversation, Nita. Thank you so much for joining us today. Before we sign off, can you please tell us if there's anywhere that we can find you, if there's anywhere we can learn more about your yoga teaching practices, anywhere we can find you? Yeah. So I'm on most of the social media handles, but I'm unfortunately not too active because I sometimes don't, uh, I mean, I just take off sometimes. So I'm on Facebook. You can find me at my name, Nita Beliapa. I'm also on Instagram at Nita Beliapa. And I also have a handle called Move Eat with Nita, where I share healthy recipes and stuff. But I don't put a lot of yoga poses. Like I said, Instagram has beautiful women with doing beautiful poses and perfections. So you can look at them and follow them. But I do have a lot of food recipes that I post. I'm, I'm vegan. So I post a lot of whole food, plant-based diet recipes on my Instagram handles. I love to connect with you. If you need to talk to me about yoga, want to attend a class with me or something like that, I'd just love to do that. Yeah, you could catch me on Instagram and Facebook. All right. Sounds good. Well, listeners, thank you so much for tuning in. Nita, I'll have you hold on while we sign off. This is Kelly, and this has been Love, Light, and Lit, the podcast presented by the North Liberty Library. Today, we talked with Nita Biliapa about yoga and how it fosters a mind-body connection. We'll leave her links in the show notes, so please reach out to her if you have any questions or any follow-ups from this interview. And also, please visit our website at northlibertylibrary.org for additional programming and services. Thanks for listening. 